This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with MPen10, aka Mike, and we covered lots of things. We answered loads of your questions. We talked about the Russian Ukrainian cards um, and that whole unfortunate situation, scouting season, the auctions, the special weeklies. And we also talked about the big elephant in the room that you're wondering why I haven't mentioned it yet Blackpool and that whole debacle. I hope you enjoy the episode. So, Mike, the inaugural winner of Show Me the Eighth MPen10, expert trader, I'm going to call you. You've earned it. <laughs> Welcome to the So Far So Rare podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. No, it's great. Another episode where I get to talk to someone who talks funny like me, but you aren't based on in Ireland, are you? No, nope, that's right. I am uh, made the move over to Norway about a year and a half ago. So, uh, yeah, the two of us sound the same, but uh, I'm in slightly colder climates at the moment. Worlds apart, and I see you. You joined there on the third, the tenth of March, twenty twenty one. You're a boomer, and you have your Hall of Fame as all Norwegian players. It's a thing of beauty. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, hopefully, the problem is the Norwegian league isn't quite covered by Opta yet. But mm. uh, but one day we'll get the Norwegian league on, and it's another summer league as well. So it could give us Challenger through the summer, uh, which mm. would actually be quite interesting because uh, they play sort of April through to October, November time. Um, and so rumor has it you actually commute from ireland to norway and you walk in your commute every single day because <laughs> <laughs> people who missed it whenever we did a, i did a game show on my youtube channel look up john ellis or look up show me the eighth on um on youtube mike was was great taking lots of videos of himself for the for the, the game that we did and uh he was always walking the dogs and, and it became a bit of a running joke that he, he just never stops walking where's he walking someone I remember something made me really laugh is someone wrote into a group being like he's just walked past my house <laughs> it got me it got me but mike um look let people know a little bit about yourself in terms of how long you've been on so rare well i've already given that data away but a little bit of where you're at um and then we'll get into everything people want to talk about i'm, I'm sure people have an idea of what they want to hear this week <laughs> There's a few, there's a few juicy topics, yeah. So I, w- I won't bore everyone for too long. Yeah, you're right. Tenth, tenth of March. So pretty much it'll be a year next week. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, came across um, on on Twitter. Was on a couple of other platforms beforehand. And um, yeah, it sort of resisted the temptation up until, as you say, a boomer when when everything was kicking off. Chucked mm. a couple of hundred euro in um, and, and sort of consistently done that then over the last number of months. Uh, built up, built up my portfolio and gallery um, over over the last year or so. Mainly playing just sort of D four rare, you know, really starting to try mm. to eke out those those thresholds initially. Um, I as I, I really wouldn't claim to be a good trader, but I can claim to be a better trader than I am SO five player because if you look at SO rare data in terms of my percentage of winning lineups, it's not very good. Um, but, uh, but but, but you see, really I throw well in, but side. I throw in speculative ones and training teams all the time. Like yeah. if I knew people actually cared about that or like rated it, it's it's. It, I think it's a bullshit metric because there's people who just train their teams. I literally throw in training teams all yeah. the time into competitive SO5 kind of teams. Do you know? 
I like I'm also pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's also just a facade. But yeah, yeah. look, I think um, what Show Me the Eighth was for anyone listening was just a sort of running series. There were four episodes. It, it actually took way more time to edit and make happen than I expected. I think it'll come back. I think it'll come back in a different iteration because that was a lot of work for a lot of time for you guys and collating all that and editing it was really tough. And I think the only way it could actually be done to like a really engaging standard is to be edited well, which would probably be eight to 10 hours for an episode of like running totals and the right player cards to pop up and to really visualize it. But um, it was great fun. Um, a lot of people, there was a great response from the community and you wiped the floor with Hoodwink and, and two Bob um, and you walked away with the title. I, would, I wouldn't say wipe the floor. It was... I uh, have to just to wind them up because they're listening and can't defend themselves. Like, Well, yeah. We, we, the, the, let's say the pair of us wiped the floor with two Bob anyway. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a close run battle with Hood. Um, and yeah. uh, I, I saw he tweeted, he was a little bit sour about that final trade that I made with Morales just to pip him. Mm. But um, yeah, no, it was good crack. Um, it, uh, it, it, to be honest, you know, when I signed up for it, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll put a bit of effort into this. But then when I saw how much time and effort it actually took, it was like, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm only doing this for a month. You know, I don't know how yeah. people, I know there's some unbelievable traders on so rare that just are at it 24 seven. Mm. I mean, they, they must do pretty well from it, but it takes a lot of time and effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just looking just to completely come off that. If anyone's interested in watching that, please do go and watch it. But I just looking there, you've won a anti Bajic, 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 itch. He's from Poland. Oh, he's from Austria, is he? Where's he from? Um, he's from Austria. He's in Austria Ante- anyway. Yeah, solid scores there. Uh, that was a T three this week out of Challenger. Um, you which, are joking me. No, mate. That was I. I finished sort of towards the top of T three in in Challenger Europe this week. Like I was sort of ten places off off T two or something, um. But yeah, I saw his last five earlier, and I was like, "Whew, that looks nice." I don't know what price he's going for. Over point one anyway. Like I mean, if you look at that guy's scores, and yeah, yeah, there aren't a lot of games there to be fair because it's Austria. But like, mm. yeah, really nice averages. The reason I bring it up is because I don't know. I don't really talk about my rewards too often on the podcast, maybe because I don't win enough of them. But I'm my biggest ever week, so yeah. I kind of have to talk about them. I won, um, I actually went for D2. I went hard at it for Super Rare, under 23 Super Rare. And a Fabian de Kaiser conceded goal in the 80th minute, he conceded a penalty, cost me, I don't know what it cost me in the end. I don't know what reward I would have got, but I would have been close to a podium. Um, but I came away with a Lucharel Gertruda Super Rare, which is a cracking card. Nice. By my, yeah, I'm really, really happy with that. I also won a tier one in All-Star Rare Pro. I won Matt Turner. Bit of a shame because he signed for Arsenal, didn't he, or something? But I think he might be staying in the MLS until the end of the season. But still, great. Hopefully, I can sell him for half a coin or something. And I got a Papi Gay, um, youngster at Marseille. Mm. Marseille, yeah. yeah. I'm not particularly... Nice. I don't know Good him, ball. but I mean, like that, that was a tier three, um, the, the Gay, which I, I think if you get an under-23 in Champion Europe as your tier three, you have to be happy. So... Over the moon uh, with my rewards, the super rare. And I, oh, I also got a limited reward, Royal Torres. I'll be giving that away. It's not worth very much, unfortunately, but I think he plays in Mexico. Um, but my biggest ever haul. So I'm over the moon. Do you know, Brilliant. I think that's what happens whenever you're not competing with Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> 
the elephant in the room. <laughs> dropped the bomb. But, but, but before you get to that, actually, I was just going to say as well. Um, uh, Alex Coltrane, one of the one of the lads, um, posted up posted up a tweet a tweet just before the game week started around around everything happening in in Ukraine at the moment, um, and mm. was raising thresholds. And I, I said I was going to contribute my threshold to uh, charity this weekend. Um, but uh, I hit to admit I didn't even hit the lower threshold. But Alex has still got point zero two from me, so good initiative from him. Yeah, no, I'll happily throw that in. I've seen a few people talking about it here and there. It's all a bit bitsy yeah. or something. Uh, great cause. I've been donating on a few different things outside myself, but if someone or if you can even give me a quick link or something afterwards, I'd happily throw my threshold at it. Um, now that you fucking put me on the spot, my own podcast for fuck's sake. But um, <laughs> no, I'm over the moon too. And actually, do you know what? And before we even move on to the scouting season announcement, the elephant in the room, Russian Ukraine is something we didn't mention. We should spe- we didn't talk about this before we hit record, but it probably doesn't need spoken about. It's one of those where like, it's one of those where so rare and everything is so insignificant part compared to what's actually happening that it feels kind of hollow to talk about but at the same time part of me feels that this is a so rare podcast and you have to talk about it in respect to so rare as well because it does matter whether we want it to or not i'm kind of torn because i get the whole thing it's not like i'm sitting here like oh no my russian's worth less or oh no my ukrainian guy mightn't play whatever about that like you get over it and you move on it's but there is a very real effect on the market that probably needs discussed. Do you know? I'd, I'd say so. I, th- I think, as you said, it puts everything into perspective. And for all the issues that us as a SoRare community have had in the past few days, you know, they, they pale in significance to, to what's going on in the real world. Um, not, yeah. not in this NFT metaverse that we're living in. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I hold a few Russian players, do you know, if if they went to zero tomorrow, uh, you know I've I've got Shunin and I've got a couple of decent defenders. You know it's probably worth today. It's probably worth about 0.6 ETH. If that went to zero tomorrow, you know I, I wouldn't mind because there's mm. bigger problems and reasons as to why that's gone to zero. So I would not kick up a fuss yeah. for one second. Or if the Russian league stopped being eligible for SO5 because of the pullout or whatever it is, I, I don't think any of us in so rare have a right and I understand there's probably a lot of other people who have a lot more money in Russian players than I do but it, you know but there's there's but not a lot we can do to control what's going it's, on it's a bit left field I mean regard I'm not I'm not going to say it was predictable maybe there's people who had an idea that war was going to happen unless people who actually follow that stuff and care I'm not saying you shouldn't care but I mean before anything was actually happened or any aggression happened there might have been people who were saying Russia are attacking Ukraine Ukraine they might have said that for months so maybe in certain fields people could have predicted this and that, that, that but I think again what we should take away from this aside from obviously there's the whole moral thing and the ethical side and actually like Jesus Christ we all obviously fucking care you know but taking yeah. away from it and trying to take a so rare lesson from it again it's happened a few times in the last few weeks with Mason Greenwood and with um mm. Wasn't it Zuma who was kicking cats and then he still played somehow, um, which is a fucking disgrace. But do you know what's something I'd seen that this is completely a fail coming away from Russia thing? Do you know what I didn't I actually really didn't like I seen before? Christian Pulisic doing keepy off he's off the side of a boat kicking a big fish in the head. That was a fucking disgrace too. And he got away with it. I'm laughing because it sounds so ridiculous. There was a massive fish. Anyway, it's that whole risk thing. 
you're saying yeah. if your cards go to zero, you know, you'll get on with it. And that's fair. But what if your life savings, because you were overexposed and being a fool, were in so rare and you bought Russian players for the return of the Russian Premier League and then you were going to sell them and that was your strategy and that's what you went for? Diversification, don't put in what you can't afford. There we go. There's another example. So whenever it happens that something happens to one of your players and you're crying, like you've been told, you've been told multiple times, crazy fucking shit happens in the world. COVID, wars, stuff. And like, just be responsible. But aside from that, I suppose they, they kind of genuinely, I mean, if anyone's in Ukraine listening, should check that. Emily, go and find out if we have any Ukrainian listeners. I hope you can still listen and I hope you're okay. There we go. I, I don't know what else we can do. What can we do other than donate thresholds and care for people and raise, what can, raise a what bit can of awareness? Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's a crazy situation. Um, and yeah, just hope that hope that it all that uh, clears clears up as quickly as possible. I suppose with with the yeah. least amount of the least amount of, of sort of casualties <laughs> and damage and. But it looks a bit it looks a bit mad, but it's well above my head anyway to talk about. That's the thing. It's one of those where I feel like I kinda of need to speak about it, but to be quite frank, I'm not educated enough on it to say something without hanging myself out to dry or someone else. Um, but just thoughts with everyone involved. Russians as well, obviously, because not all them want to want to scrap. No, anyway, fuck Putin, <laughs> let's move on. Not getting political, just did. Um scouting season happened. Mm. I suppose we can move on to that. It's time to move on to that. We'll, we'll keep the listeners hooked. I know what they're here for. The sons of bitches. They love a bit of drama. Um, scouting season. So this actually excited me. I was in Berlin at the time. Was I? I don't know. I think I was because I didn't really read it. So I think I was. But it interested me because and I'm not saying I think it actually might have happened before the podcast last week even dropped. So I'm not trying to claim anything here. But last week I ranted and raved about the lack of scheduling for auctions. And over the last few weeks, I'm sure people will agree, I've definitely been bitching about how poor the special weeklies have been. Um, not not Rewards being one thing, but more just the dressing up of them and trying to make a bit of an event of them and really doubling down. And I think I, I like this. Like, you know, I, I know there's a few people come back and they'll always find criticism and be like, well, how can you do this when we still don't have the progression bar? And it's like, okay, like, let's take away what else could have been done and let's praise what has been done is the way I'm looking at this. I think this is positive personally. Um, I like it. I think it's added a lot of excitement to Game Week 250 um, for starters. Um, what, what's your initial thoughts? Fully agree. I think the special weeklies have needed spicing up for a while. And I, I just hope it's not just for these four or five game weeks that they've laid out. Um, this is obviously a bit of a, a, a test for them to, to see the pickup and see the engagement. But hopefully, you know, I think I remember here, and I can't remember if it was on your podcast or someone else's a while ago, where someone was saying, you know, the special weekly should be special. It should be the excitement of the week ahead. But more often than not, I know myself and, and a number of other managers, you know, the special weekly is a bit of an afterthought most of the time. I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I'm I'm building my all-star and my regionals, and then I'll go, what, what's the special weekly rules this week? Okay, yeah, I've got a couple of players to throw in or I don't. Um, but you know, I, I love the idea that you've got, you know, th- those who are on a smaller budget, you could potentially play with five limiteds that say cost you, I don't know, what, what does it take to build five limiteds? I know keepers are expensive. Call it five hundred euro, two, even two or three hundred euro if you got in a little bit earlier. Mm. You know, you could win a unique. You could win a card worth twenty, thirty grand this weekend. Um, mm. That. 
that's class and that creates great opportunity, gives people that foot up to move up a division. Maybe they sell it, maybe they hold it. Um, but but yeah, I, I really like it. And I think they, they need to do more on the special weekly stuff and the, the, the under 45 scores or whatever is, is an easy one to do. But I think mm. there's lots of other options that, that we could look at as a, as a special weekly going forward. Yeah, and I think this scouting season kind of looks at that. I actually, as I said, I literally read it on the fly. I think I was in an mm. airport and get on a plane or something. So I act, and I actually didn't go back to it, which I really should have. Um, but they're all kind of underdoggy stuff and sequels and super underdogs and this sort of stuff. We'll get into that. But I think the point you're getting at, which is really important here, is, and it's something that I've talked, I've heard people talk about a lot about the lack of like almost the jackpot element on so rare. Now it is there. Obviously, you hit the Mbappe in D four, you hit the Haaland. That is a jackpot in itself. But without packs and without being able to, I remember Nepenthe's talk, and it might have been on my podcast, it might have been on one I listened to. Um, but I remember him speaking about, you know, with packs, you know, you could anyone can grab, can get the the icon on FIFA. You know, we can't have packs on Sura because of gambling, but maybe this is a nice wee workaround again where it's like everyone throw in a random fucking team here and let's see who gets the unique. Do you know, the tier one unique is not to be sniffed at. A tier one unique, as you said, could be worth 20, 30 grand more. I, I don't even know who's in that pool. I don't even think it was shown when I went to check earlier, the players that are in that pool, but tier ones are solid. Like if you get a top tier one, like that is, that's a, that's a big player. That's that will elevate yeah. you. And um, yeah. So I think, the jackpot effect is obviously huge. I think the excitement for me, the special weeklies, and again, apologies to anyone listening if I repeat myself every week because I genuinely forget. I don't listen back to these. I talk shit and go home. <laughs> Basically, I think the special weekly has the scope to be the most, as I say, the most exciting part of the week, the special part of the week. Um, and I think it's the part that can add value beyond beyond like monetary value. Like, like what is an experience worth to someone? The special weeklies where you can give out tickets to things, experiences, people, kicking balls with footballers, this type of weird shit that I, I'm not even going to get into all the different possibilities there. That's the sort of stuff the right rich person will pay millions for because they want to do it, so they're just going to pay it because they don't care. Do you know, World Cup final tickets where you get to go and sit and watch it with pick whoever, do you know? Like, yeah. oh yeah. my God, I get to go and watch the World Cup final with Ronaldo. Take so my money. There's John two. Fuck me. Like you probably pay not to go, but um, the uh, do you know what I mean? I just think like the, the the possibilities of that special weekly are so exciting and so endless, and it's it's nice that they're starting to kind of harness that. That long may it last because I think it really should be the first thing you go to every week. That's giving me a headache, headache as I'm sure it has a lot of people. Where if your team's built up that you're used to this putting in. You've had a plan, and now it's like, oh crap! I have to kind of prioritize this. Do you know? Like I've well, the awkward I, I, one now. I must admit, yeah, I must admit, I, I went and picked up a couple of cheap limiteds today, um, for for it specifically for it, um, but but I've seen some lineups already, and you know, there's a few there's a few big guns still eligible, so the uh, the, the whales will still have some pretty good teams. Um, mm. I think there's you know Hollands and Depays and Handanovic's and. Plenty of quality there to, to score big. So, is Depay? Oh, if Depay starts, I have a Depay. I also have a Trent who's eligible, but I don't know if I want to use a Trent there. Do you know? But he's eligible. That, 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 that's the other thing about special weekly. It 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 gives managers, uh, uh, you know, it, it poses you an issue, a question. You know, do mm. do I risk it? Do I use it in here? It's it's a higher risk reward thing, or do I use it in my Champion Europe that? I know he's around another lot of solid players that 
I'm likely to get a big score and hopefully get a reward this week. It's given me the real dilemma as well because it's like, okay, there is a one in 10,000 or however many lineups end up going in there, chance that I might win a tier one unique. There's also a chance I win a tier two unique and there's also a chance, I think, let me go and look here, probably at some pretty decent super rares. Um, mix tier, weekly, tier 47. Tier two super rare. Yeah. Tier, tier three two super, super rares. Rare. Tier th- so 15 people here really are going to come away with decent rewards, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the top three people being absolutely buzzing, right? There's already yeah. 4,000 entered, and we're recording this on Tuesday evening. We have to record it early in the week because I'm going to spend with Quinny and Hendo. Hey. Um, yeah, but I've got the dilemma now where I'm thinking, like, everyone's going to stick a load of players in there. A lot of those trends will probably end up in there. If I use him in under 23 now, he's a really decent differential, and I could just use this as Blackpool are out of the running for a week. Do you know, <laughs> people are in the special weekly. Big man's yeah. going to take under 23 down. This could be my week to podium and walk away with an Mbappe or a Haaland. Yeah. Pedri, yeah. off into the yeah. sunset, three or four ETH in the bag, maybe even more. Maybe that's the way to play it. So it does, it adds that level of like risk appetite and just a different strategy. So it's really exciting. I think I'd be remiss not to put a team in, but is it is it worth putting in my Yari Versharan who fits the bill and Trent? And it's cool, probably not. But it's probably is worth Versharan buying under 45 at the moment? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I went, and he's. A, I think he's an okay fixture. Like, I, have to, I could put in like All Black, Trent, Fabian Ruiz, tough fixture form against uh, Milan, but uh, Kulisevsky maybe I could put in Everton. Spurs are playing well. Uh, why is Fashar not showing? Maybe I'm lying about Fashar. That's the thing. There's 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 uh, so much. Quality he's not showing up anymore. Yeah, no, for Sharon isn't there. I was lying. Um, then, um, like a Jonathan David. Ah, that that would do it. Anyway, bottom line is special weeklies. All that's really good. What do you think about the the daily market events and the kind of auction schedule? Do you care for it? Six uniques a day. That that was that was the one point I thought was interesting. I I must admit I don't know what the auction schedule was for uniques beforehand. I mean, obviously the the, the par hours on a Sunday most likely. That's par hour. That's awful for us Northern Irish to say. No one will understand it. Um, par hour. <laughs> take take a take a par hour for an hour. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know how how many uniques have been auctioned before. Do you know? I actually don't know, but not that many. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah. don't know, but like nowhere near that many. Um, I, I'm going to yeah, guess maybe two or three on the market at any one time. Hmm. Maybe it's three or four, and now there's like what it, what it does to the price of uniques. You know, if if those who have uh, who hold the majority of uniques continue to buy them, or maybe there's a few other entrants in the market, it comes to a price point that might be acceptable for some other not whales but very big fish. Um, you know. Mm. Well, I think as like Gavi sold tonight for over 200 grand, 98th, which is obscene. I don't know. That just wow. happened just before we hit record. So I don't know if you've seen that, but Gavi sold for 98th. Um, there's a Gravenberch on the market there. There's a Vanakin. There's a Sven Coombs who Black will probably go in for. Um, <laughs> there's Benjamin Sesco is unique. There's Jonathan Taz, solid. Alassane Play is solid. You know, they're, they're not as big as the rest. And then there's a Jamal Musiala. Like, I think like oh. the wheels that are on the platform, I know there's a massive amount of money on the platform, but it does leave an opportunity where obviously they're going to keep their money for the premium ones. Maybe if I wanted a wee Raphael Bahunik or a Sergi Parshavlaik, 
could I have picked worse names? Maybe I could pick up there <laughs> and I'd have a chance because the big boys are saving the wreath for, for the bigger ones. Because um, they can't keep up with that schedule. They could keep up with the old one maybe, but um, it's harder to keep up with this schedule. There's only so quick they can churn ETH out of, out of those teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think those, having a schedule... Big, sorry to interrupt. For those big money purchases as well, there's, there's often a lot of planning goes on. And you know, if, if yeah. the ETH isn't there and the account ready to go, it presents another opportunity for someone else to, to grab it if, if you've got the ETH handy. So yeah, look, I think it's good. Obviously, it's nice to know whenever other leagues will be up on the market. And I think something they said interesting as well is it won't necessarily be alphabetical, uh, which is nice. You know, so you won't mm. get all the Kims in a row and all the these in a row. It'll be a bit more random, maybe a bit more strategy there. Um, but yeah, bottom line is very, very excited for the special weeklies between two fifty and two fifty four. Um, now, the elephant in the room, Blackpool. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we have to speak about Blackpool and the whole debacle. Uh, General has been on fire for days now, uh, almost a week. For anyone who doesn't know, in Discord, in the official SoRare Discord, there's a channel called General. That's where everyone tends to go to air their concerns. It's been on fire. I don't know. Do you want to take it away? <laughs> Thanks for the honors. Uh, yeah, I- <laughs> You're the guest, you know. I mean, I just want to give you, you know, the chance to, to say your piece, you know. <laughs> All right, all right. I, Where do I we see even you, start, I, though? I see you sitting on the fence there. Um, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I, I, to, to be honest, I, I'm rarely ever in general um, on the Discord. I use Discord to try and work out a few deals with people every now and then, but the amount of notifications and, and crap that's in there most of the time, I, I mm. silence it and turn it off. But I have been reading a lot over the last when did this whole thing start was it last week thursday or friday <clears throat> um friday yeah yeah so uh, it's it's been wild hasn't it um it's yeah. i'm very glad that dan has made a statement today on it um and it seems mm. so rare have taken a stance that looks like it is in the uh, benefit of the platform you know let, let's separate out users versus users or whatever but it seems like it's a stance that's in the benefit of the platform. There was a lot of stuff in the Discord where, you know, I was just getting the feeling of, uh, you know, a lot of people kicking off and it was, at the end of the day, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, and and I, I wasn't loving that part of it. Um, but I hope Dan's announcement is the start of, you know, uh, readjusted T's and C's, terms of service that are clear to everyone because that's mm. where I think... Blackpool and probably many others have tried to skirt the rules or bend the rules or get around it as best they can. Um, and, mm. you know, hopefully from here on in, that's a bit of a, a word of warning for so rare to, to tighten things up a bit. I think like what I want to preface any conversation with this with is that anything I say or any of my opinions on it, nothing's personal. Do you know, if I had any personal mad issues against Hybe or Mark or Max, Max is the only one I've never spoken to out of them. I'd say it to them, like Hybe was very good with me. I probably wouldn't be on so rare if it wasn't for him. I marked him in the podcast a few weeks ago, YNWA to anyone listening who doesn't know his name is Mark. Um, and gave us a great podcast, was very honest and come on the drunk cast over Christmas too. So take them out of the equation, but let's talk about the concept. Um, it is a bit of a shit show in terms of, I think like what you said, it's hard, right? So a couple of things to bring to this conversation. I don't even know where to start, right? 
don't hate the player, hate the game. The rules are really ambiguous and horrible. Yes, they've exploited it. Is it morally wrong? Is it ethically wrong towards the platform that we all know and love? Potentially, yeah. I don't think it's great. But it's also so rare's fault for not having that nailed down. Now, the statement's very good because it says they're going to have a look at that with their lawyers and, and sort it all out, um, which is great. But here that we need to get to, one thing I also want to say because it's kind of not brought to my attention, but I've had had a bit of chat and all. I, I did, I was genuinely in Berlin from like Thursday to Sunday when most of this was a light and I just wasn't looking at my phone. It was family time. Um, but something that's kind of came to my attention from chatting to people from different communities is that it the UK and Irish community in particular is very riled up. Yeah. Um, the French lads, the Spanish lads, the German lads, whoever else, well, they might be a bit peeved. They're not anywhere near the same level of anger at least on the face of it. There's no polls been done on that, but that's how it seems. And I think a lot of that does come from maybe this community's bias and and our recent experiences over the last year or two with platforms going tits up and being worried for the long-term futures of platforms. We don't maybe have the same trust in platforms and people that other people do, um, which is great. And it's a strength that we've all learned that lesson. I know there's a lot of listeners here who don't have a clue what I'm on about, but there are a lot of listeners here who are from that community where we were obviously all burnt from football index and footstock and all sorts of things. So there is a lot of anger there. There is a lot of maybe resentment. There is a lot of um, worry and I'm not going to say paranoia, but like we probably are. Um, And I think that's fair and it's great until it kind of gets personal. I don't like that aspect of it. Um, But it's just important. I think that's a good thing. I don't even think that's a bad thing. I just think it's important to know, like, look, we all do get wound up and we do get carried away. I think a few things went too far on all ends. I don't like how Mark acted in the Discord at all. I think it was very inflammatory and disrespectful to all parties involved. But again, this guy's probably been getting pelters from 50, 60, 100 people for weeks over it. Some might say rightly so, some might say not. It gets very personal, and when someone's attacked that much, you can see where they're about back. I'm sitting here trying to be completely impartial. Um, but I keep saying let's not get personal and talking about people. I want to talk about the kind of individual aspects of it, maybe briefly. Um, and again, to reiterate, Mike, you'll get into your stance. You'll let how much you care and how much you know about it be known. I just want to be clear, like, I think a lot of us are, I think, well, yes, in in the Discord and on Twitter, there's a lot of people who are really, really passionate about this and are following it every day and in the Discord, in the trenches, fighting and all. And I appreciate the job you're doing for protecting us and keeping so under pressure to police these things. It's kind of like whenever Perez and, and Tackers go on about rewards, I'm kind of like, I'm happy that you're doing the dirty work so I don't have to. Part of me... I really care and I care about what's good for Sora. I have a lot wagered on it, but it's like, I can't be fucked following that shit, you know? So yeah. I can't say that I've been there reading the T's and C's and podcast. That's why we're here talking. There's definitely people who know more about this and care more about this who could speak about it better, but let's give it a bash anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm just giving that disclaimer because I think a lot of people just get on with it. And while it is a big thing and while you do care about it, I mean, I care about it, but I don't care about it enough to sit up on Sunday and read for three hours and follow everything and talk to people. Do you know what I mean? Is that a bit I ignorant think, of me? Well, no, I, I know what you mean. It's first of all, it's tiresome because you know a lot of it. You're you're going around in circles and and people feel like they're bashing their heads off off the wall and not getting anywhere. Um. So yeah, I, I agree with you at that point. You know, I think the likes of Tekkers, Perez, Axa, all the rest fighting the good fight. 
over Discord over the last over the last few days. You know, they are they are speaking up. I mean, of course, it's for their own interest, but it's for the interest of the community, and and it's an admirable yeah. thing. And and I think you know you and I and and the listeners can appreciate that. Um, you know, I think w- without kicking and shouting and screaming, if if we didn't have that, Blackpool would be taking home many rewards this week. Let's be honest. Mm. Um, if there wasn't any kicking and screaming in the Discord, the, the, the status quo wouldn't have changed. Um, yeah. So you know, you got to appreciate those. I, I think the point you raise about the the risk of of other platforms and and just sort of that negative PR. Um, you know there are there are one or two journalists out there that like to give so rare and other NFT projects a hard time, and mm. and when when they pick up on this stuff, you know it it just doesn't it just doesn't look good on so rare, um and, and that's where, you know that's where I, I kind of feel it it shouldn't be up to the community. It, it this is where yeah again not getting personal, but I would really have respected and liked the leadership from somewhere, whether it's Nicola or whether it's someone else from senior leadership, you know, Dan is just constantly fighting fires in the discord and, and he's a legend for it. But I really would have appreciated Nicola or one of the senior leadership to come out with a statement early doors. Um, you know, so rare see themselves as wanting to become a, a giant in the sports tech space any of these scandals happen at Man United Football Club, at Google, at Facebook. The, the the senior leadership, the CEO, is out with a statement within an hour, and you know, so rare, mm. sort of need to polish up on that a little bit, um, and and sort of get their ducks in a row without it taking up until Tuesday for Dan to put a message in the Discord. Um, that that yeah. that's that's my slant on it from that side of things. Yeah, that they take the weekends off, like don't they? I mean, they clock out at five or six o'clock and go home. I think with a company that size, there should be a rapid response unit. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> there should be guys ready and on the on call or whatever it is, or someone senior, pick your four or five front facing senior people. One of them makes the call at certain time. I I don't know. It's like it did take a bit long, but to talk about the actual crux of the issue, and as I've said, I've prefaced it with everything I can. Um, but I don't necessarily want to sit in the fence, like multi accounting, right? The multi-accounting stuff's very messy. And it's very messy because I don't actually know the answer to this. But and I don't hash this to death this week. But like Blackpool is one fund. Mm. The three lads are three faces of one fund. As it stands, I think there just needs to be three natural people or three physical, actual different people. So they aren't breaking any rules. But as a rule, does that need looked at? Because what's to stop me giving five of my friends 10 grand each? I'm Blackpool. They're my little minions who go out and win me rewards. And I say, here, lads, you can keep 5 or 10% of whatever you make for doing it. Do you know? That seems to be what Blackpool kind of is. I think a lot of people's perception beforehand, and I talked to AJ recently on this podcast, and I talked to Mark as well. And I think the perception always kind of was that they kind of owned their galleries, but they kind of didn't because they had exposure to Blackpool, but they kind of did own their galleries themselves. and And whatever's happened here, Yes, okay, AJ may have been bought out and whatever else, and that's off so rare and we won't see the deal and how much money exchanged hands or or what exchanged hands. But what it looks more like the case now, especially with Hybe, like I, I doubt he shelled out the money to buy all those uniques. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know his personal status or whatever. So again, try to keep it away from the personal, but you can't do this without bringing up the names. Um, and this is all conjecture and speculation. I did ask Hybe if he wanted to come on. Um, the... 
multi-accounting thing, it does look like there's one fund with three faces, which is like me with my mom, my dad, my sister. What's the difference? What is the difference? Um, and maybe there's a glaring thing here that everyone's discussed to death and I've been incredibly ignorant and it's terrible for me to be doing this in a podcast. And I'm not saying anyone should do it. And I'm really not saying anyone could do it because you'll probably get done for multi-accounting and banned. And I'm certainly not going to do it. But in my mind, that was one of the big things that came up in Discord over the weekend. Everyone joking around, changing their account names to like my sister's account, my mum's account and all the laugh. I get it. But genuinely, what is the difference between Blackpool being one fund and having three people as faces of that fund managing three accounts or me paying my three siblings to do the same job for me. What's the difference? You're you're right, and and you could argue that you know, like I said, two wrongs don't make a right. I think the the ambiguity has led us to this point, and that's where so yeah. rare need to sort step up and out, fix it. Step up and fix it, um, because you know, as as you say, you okay. You go and sign up your 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 girlfriend, your sister, your auntie, your mum, your dog, whoever, and you've got five accounts and all earning your point zero two threshold each week. You know that there. Uh, I know there's talk in the progress bar at some point, but that is thresholds just it's so rare. You know, if there's five x accounts taking home a threshold every week, it's it's not going to happen. You know, I mean, it's it's not going to last long, and it's just going to ruin the product that we all love and want to succeed. So just because one group have done it doesn't mean that we should do it to further damage yeah. SoRare. You know, so oh, SoRare can I'm step not... in now and damage that limit 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 that. Stop mm. it. Cut it cut it up, cut it off now. Um so that they don't they don't face this in the future again. Like for the record, again, just to really, really double down, I'm not even saying that it's in the rules. I know, I don't know what the rule is. And I think like if anyone did try and do that, they're probably going to get caught because of deposited from the same credit card or the same IP address or the same MetaMask wallet or the same this. It probably would be quite a, a an awkward task to do and not get banned. But that's not the point. I'm not saying this in a sense that people should look at doing this or that it's even something we should do. What I'm saying it from more is just the kind of hypothetical or the technical standpoint of what is the difference between me calling myself Blackpool and hiring three minions or Blackpool. What the fuck is the difference? Um, and again, I think this that's kind of one of the things that maybe has been brought to the fore here and something that they do need to tighten up on their T's and C's. And it'll be interesting to see where Blackpool goes and how that operates. Because if they do decide to go down the line of it's one person per account, whatever way it's funded, that's not our business. We can't monitor that anyway. So if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. But thresholds will be gone in a heartbeat and we'll see how the game looks. Um, yeah. But anyway, look, again, this is all speculation and me chatting shite as a guy who's not an expert in this. Um, the XP hit was a controversial one. It was it was an easy cop out off the bat, and I think that the the Solar team sort of realised that and have made amends by by suspending the accounts now. Um, mm. You know, I, I don't think that was really you know that was obviously you, you could see why they were doing it, and it, it obviously wasn't on. That was one of the things that first kicked off. Um and yeah, I think you know no no one's going to be doing that again, at least. <laughs> mm. Um, I'm just looking here. Sorry, I think the thing with the XP hit was there's two sides to it. There's the actual XP hit itself, which yeah was a nice thing to do at the time. They maybe thought it was enough to sign off of a Friday and do that and go away for the weekend, and it didn't really calm anything down at all. Um, and they've acted this week, but the actual move itself. 
to avoid the XP hit was a little bit questionable, morally. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, there's there's two parts to it, isn't there? So there was the one of <clears throat> Hybe taking over AJ's account. That's one thing. And yeah. avoiding the XP hit of transferring everything to Hybe. But the real controversial part was, and I think Techers actually posted it in in your in the questions under your under your tweet for this for this podcast. You know, there were there were crazy deals there on the face of it. Um, you know, where you, you could even see they were trying to cover it up with ten uniques versus ten uniques. But the value of this ten uniques that were going over to Marks to YNWA's uh, gallery was worth fifty one ETH, and this value was only. 18 or 19 eighth sort of things, you know. So there's a 30 eighth difference there. 90, I don't know what numbers would be, but I would suggest that 95% of players on the platform don't have galleries worth 30 eighth. And they're just fumbling that into one transaction to try and hide it and bolster uh, Mark's gallery. That's where, mm. you know, I can understandably see a lot of people getting pissed off. And I don't like it either. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's fair. Yeah. I think the whole thing is, it's really like, so the XP hit, not taking the XP hit is a blatant attempt to circumnavigate the XP hit of transferring cards between managers. It's blatant. They get caught and they've been done for it, whatever. The punishment's been dealt. They're taking the XP hit. That's fine. In terms of that, kind of those mismatched trades work, it's really awkward, right? And this is the thing that's breaking my mind. Genuinely, is like, I've done trades on so rare before. Who did I give up? Was it Quentin Timber? I gave up Quentin Timber. And maybe, I don't even know if I added ETH to it or not. It was a reward I got. And I traded him for two Atom Bomb Squad NFTs that someone sent me externally to my MetaMask wallet. Mm-hmm. John, we only talk about the Wesley. We don't talk about the, the wins around here enough. <laughs> but like, on the face of it, what I or like nothing, looked like pure fucking collusion and bollocks. What had actually happened was it was a completely fair trade. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, I think it's really hard to look at these trades whenever you look at this as like a one-off or like we all loan each other cards all the time. Um, give your mate a wee deal. I mean, I've been in situations where like an opportunity comes up and I say to someone who I'm close to on Sora, here, does anyone have a fucking half an ETH can lend me for two days? Do you know, while I get this, I've got a guy up for sale. Can anyone lend me a bit of ETH? There's a lot of lending here and spending there and, you know, not attacking auctions that people are attacking and trying to monitor all that stuff is it's impossible. And if you did monitor all that stuff and cut it out, it kills a lot of fun aspects of the game and the kind of camaraderie and the the enjoyment of of, of playing so rare in the community. Um, so like, well, a lot of it isn't great on the face of it and all, a lot of it, uh, there's parts of it that I'm kind of like, what are you going to do? Like, because if you do it at that level, you have to do it at every level. And if you have to do it at every, if you do it at the small, if you do it at the high level, it's it's just a really awkward one. There's so much to it. We could talk about this for another two hours and probably not get anywhere. But like the bottom, I think I'm just, I'm happy that that statement's been made and that everyone seems to be happy Er, um, do you know, because it means that we can kind of have put it to bed in a sense. I don't think every, I don't think it's done. It's but not, I think that's, it's that's the thing. It, I, I don't think it's done. And you know, if if it's a you know a one week, a three week ban, and, and the guys are back just as normal, it's it's go, it probably is going to kick off again in in some yeah. in some manner. 
Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, I, I can relate to that. I, I, if, if anyone goes into my gallery, there's a recent Enzo Perez there where I signed up a mate, I don't know, six months ago, whenever he joined the platform or whatever, and his referral was crap. Um, he bought, you know, he bought a few limiteds or whatever, and, and the referral that he got was crap. I'd won an Enzo Perez the following week in a, in a, a, a T3 limited, whatever. And I sent it his way, just being like, look, I know your referral was crap. Here you go. Have this as a gift. Then last, week, then last week, I've seen he hasn't been active. He hasn't been playing on the platform for, I don't know, a couple of months or whatever. And last week, I texted him out of the blue, just being like, mate, that Enzo Perez you've got, do you mind sending it back to me? I'm a midfielder short this week. And the Enzo Perez is back in my collection. Is that wrong? Maybe I'm really bad for admitting that on the platform. But I think everyone loans each other players, and there's the odd gift here and there. But when it gets to the level of what what Blackpool are doing in terms of of – clear clear collusion and and the, the yeah, manipulation the of, of so5 like yeah manipulation of so that's a better word that's 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 uh, that's the crux of it yeah because i don't think anyone like whatever if we take out the technicalities and all this in court of law right i don't think anyone can sit down put their hand on their heart and say what you did is wrong what you did is a bit of help between friends and helping people get signed up and it's good for the platform and you know, loaning cards here, loaning cards is completely legitimate, and there's an XP hit for a reason, do you know? Yep. Yep. Um, and you, the XP hit is significant. Like I was two points off, uh, I was two points off a reward in under twenty three rare this week. Two points. That's a couple of training sessions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That that's yeah. one of those guys with one less transfer. You I, know, actually, actually, as you say that, that Enzo Perez got me a T three limited in Champion America this week, and I think I was one point four five points off a T two. So if I'd have just kept him in my gallery the whole time, I would have got a T two. Boom. Do you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it is obviously whenever the I mean the upper echelons of the game, the wheels, the biggest accounts in the game that dominate, and there's already that bad press from specific people and. Even just a general sort of sentiment, I think there is a bit of negativity around like the big accounts when it's played are and the bigger accounts when all the rewards and this and that and you can't compete with them. And, you know, they're obviously, they're exponentially growing in the sense that the better cards they get, the more rewards they win, the more rewards they win, the better cards they get and it just keeps going. And like activity like this is messy and it's just not good for the game or the platform or optics or anything. And I'd say like, I have to say like, I'd say it stopped a lot of people maybe spending for a few days maybe thinking like yeah, i don't yeah. know if i want to put more into this till it's sorted where's this going do you know i just don't think it's a great look i wish all honestly with the lads involved like i, I want all the best for them they're, they're good guys like um and like i just hope if it, if this is a case of right one week slap on the hand business as usual people aren't fucking idiots it's gonna be like all right you did that to appease us but really nothing's changed do you know but at the same time i don't think I'm in no position to claim what punishment needs dished out to anyone or what needs to be done. Does it need to be one single Blackpool account? Does it not? That That's what so rare are paid to do. And they need to think of the longevity of their platform and the happiness of its customers and the, and the reality of the situation. Do you know, I get the Blackpool have done a lot for the platform. I really do. But I think like there probably comes a point where if you want mass adoption, you need to maybe question how legitimate that kind of model is i i don't know yeah yeah no i agree i agree there was one what what one workaround um where if if dan's announcement hadn't come today um you know that 
at the end of the day, your cards are worth what people are paying on the market, right? Yeah. So your gallery, I don't know, what's your gallery worth in ETH today? Like I'm at 13 point something ETH or whatever, right? My gallery is worth 13 ETH because that is what people are paying for those cards on the market. If tomorrow people decided M Pen 10, I'm never buying from him again, my gallery is worthless. Mm. Right. So <laughs> there's a scenario where if Blackpool or anyone else for that matter, if the community sides decides we're not going to buy from them, well, sure, they can have all the best cards in the game and they can win first, second, and third and win the ETH every week, but their cards are worthless because no one's ever going to buy them. <laughs> and they can have all the cards in the world, but the ETH, the ETH payments for first, second, and third in every division probably isn't enough for uh, for, for covering the amount of investment in the cards that, that that's in there, do you know? But I'm not, I'm not I'm not condoning that by the way. Just <laughs> no, but like it's an interesting concept. But like how how united a community would you need for everyone to be like nah? And then they come at you when they're like, lads, we need a sale. Here's Kevin De Bruyne. Just give me two ETH. He's unique. You're like, do you know, there comes a point where everyone's gonna cave, which is yeah. a real shame. It's kind of like yeah. what's wrong with yeah. the world. But um, yeah, the um well, then that band look, passes on to anyone who buys from them is also banned. <laughs> You've just got got Perez, Axa, and Techers just constantly 24 7 (laughs) monitoring, bashing anyone who who makes a purchase. Add them to the blacklist, add them (laughs) to the big book. Just beat the shit out of them if we ever, like, there's a meetup. So, where con? Domain for sale. (laughs) Um, Anyway, look, the Blackpool one, look, we've talked about it. Yeah, I'm not giving any more disclaimers. Bottom line is, like, yeah, it's a fucking shit show. I hope it gets resolved. So we're need to do the right thing because there's a lot of unhappy, unhappy bunnies out there, like and rightly so. Um, I hope this is a step towards what needs to be done to make everything right and and look at SoRare for the future. Because in my time on SoRare, I've never seen sentiment so low, has to be said. But it turned around straight after that Discord message. We're, we're um, a fickle bunch, aren't we? All it takes is one is one announcement, and we're we're back in love with it again. Literally, like. It's it's hilarious. Um, yeah. So we have questions. We have lots of questions, probably related to what we've said um, already. So if anything's repeating, we can move on. But um, Professor Techers did put in something. I think this could be one of the most liked ever, 25 likes. As a man who knows his trades, how would you rank this one on a scale of brazen multi-accounting to legitimate trade? And we kind of have talked about it. Like it's the, so like essentially one side of it is, these are all unique. One side of it is Tete, Sekigawa, who's actually a bit of a monster at the minute, under 23. Dami best forward in Asia. Uh, Ayanega, Noborizato, Noborizato, yeah, two solid Kawasaki players. Vanakin, Insigne, Kevin De Bruyne, Beckham, and Alex Teller is uniques. And on the other side of the trade, I mean, like, uh, you're talking like Longley, Williams, Victor Moses, Thorgan Hazard, Nagato, Fabregas, who's old. Machida, Yoshida, do you know, like a bunch, nowhere near the same caliber. And so rare data, which I think it's actually like doing this trade even, like I think this is doing this trade a favor because I think the valuations are much different than this, but it's 20 ETH versus 51 ETH. It's nowhere near that. Mm. Like we have talked about that, you referenced it. But again, it comes back to the point where it's like, 
I'm, I just don't think you can be judge, jury, executioner and hang someone out to dry for a trade on so rare data because of the examples we've already given. But at the same time, what I don't like about this is it looks like it's 10 uniques versus 10 uniques for the sake of trying to make it look good when really, you can, like, why is it 10 v 10 unless it's to try and make it look equal? Or is it just chance? No, it's to try and make it look equal. I, I can't see it being chance unless they do them in batches of 10 or something. I, I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, because that Kevin was, De Bruyne is worth more than the rest of the other ones combined, like all put together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I would, I would happily be on the end of that trade. Um, but I, I mean, that's that's the thing, you know. So rare are meant to have this system that flags it and says, "Hold on, that doesn't look right." And clearly, what whatever happened, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Whether Blackpool reached out to So Rare beforehand and said, "We're doing this," or they just tried to skirt the rules and, and get away with it. But at the end of the day, I think that's one of the frustrating things from my side is SoRare didn't do anything about this until everyone kicked up a fuss. Now, yeah. maybe they would have, maybe they would have retrospectively realized it when they came back into the office on Monday or whatever. But the fact that it took the community to raise it and say, hold on, this isn't right, that, that, that you know, that annoys me a little bit. Because... Yeah. This this is one that's been picked up, but who's to say things like this haven't happened in the past? I'm not I'm not defending it, saying it's right. I'm just saying how many others have we missed out on where things like this have mm. happened? Aaron Jones on a very similar sort of note says, "Will Blackpool kill so rare?" No, 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 no way, no. Because I mean, like if it actually got to that, so rare would just be like bye bye, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so no, no is the answer. If and when the this is from McBride, if and when the ETH threshold goes, how do you think Square can give value and utility to lower value cards like tier twos and tier threes? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I know, I know it's been spoken about a while, and and obviously the progress bar has been spoken about for a while. Maybe maybe this maybe this uh, move with everyone signing up their their spouses, brothers, sisters, grannies, grandas, and dogs. <laughs> Will spur so rare on to get the threshold on a bit quicker because they can't afford all the thresholds. Um, but you know, I so I I'm actually I'm actually good to answer this question because I think I've maybe one two tier ones, maybe three tier ones ever. Most of my wins are tier threes or tier twos. You know, I'm I'm not really a podium challenger much of the time, even mm. though every time I set my lineup, I think yes, this is winning this week. Um, we all do. You know, so. I, I win a number of T3s um, and, you know, if if I don't if I don't like them, I, I'm able to trade them off. I love Pavel. He's the man. I love when he buys up a gallery and I can snipe someone. So, you know, may, maybe there's a case where, you know, storing up these T2s and T3s, collecting five of them ends up getting you a T2 or a T1 or, or whatever it may be. You know, I think they will always have utility. It's not like so rare can stop minting. The, the crap cards, the crap players. Um, and who's to say that, you know, there's been countless examples that I've seen on Twitter and the likes where you win a T3 and by next season it's T0. Um, or, I want Cuckoo as a tier two. There you go. Case in point, probably the most informed player on the platform, although he didn't have his best game this weekend, just class. But, you know, it, it just goes to show, like, you have a bit of patience, you hold... And then someone will come and argue and say, oh, well, my player is 36 years old. 
I picked up Jose Sosa a while ago for like 0. 0.02 or something, who's 36 years old, and he banged out a, a bunch of 70s and 86s and stuff like that, and he shot up to like 0. 0.1. He would have been a T3 at the time because he had a load of DMPs yeah. beforehand. You know, so it's it's it, how, how else how else would you do it if you don't? Well, they, they could captive it. They could have like game modes where because I mean they've mentioned alternative game modes. What if they do play game modes where it's like they do cap it by average score or cap it by tier or average price or do a thing where you have X amount of of stars to build a team for the lineup and you know star players like kind of like what Footstock used to do where star players maybe count as five yeah. tier ones count as four tier twos tier threes so you could literally you do you know they could add value that way i think the squad building challenge type vibe i think that's really interesting for commons i think that's really fun i think mm. being able to accumulate commons by just churning out and turning up every week and then combining them in squads of meeting certain criteria or whatever else to win limiteds i think yeah. that's it would be such a slow grind that I think people could do it. I don't know how it would work with bots and whatever else and just churning out multiple teams to churn out the limited cards or whatever else. But like, I think like commons to be traded in versus a tier three limited or anything. It's, it's decent to get people on the ladder. Um, but I mean, I you agree. can do like kind of, you know, um, I, th- I think it's good. Yeah. And, and the other thing I've said, you know, everyone entering the casual league each week is just filling up with commons. I don't know how many common goalkeepers I have at this point. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's great for training teams and that, but in my head, you know, I see, I see so rare. Maybe, maybe with a special weekly, or more likely, I think with the with the casual league, is that it becomes SO8 or SO11, you know, and and start testing that market to see, you know, how 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 the market reacts to that. And put up three limiteds as a prize, and you've got casual league division three, which is SO5, casual league mm. division two, which is SO8. So eight cards, two defenders, two mids, two forwards, and an extra. Um, an SO11, so you build up a whole squad, and maybe further down the line, then that also trickles into into limiteds and the like. Um, that gives more value to T2s and T3s. Yeah, there's there's lots that can be done there. Um, we move on to the next question. Viking wants to know what are your thoughts on Sora doing more to mix up special weeklies? For example, having to enter one player from each division, um, under twenty three challenger champ Asian America vibes like that i think it is it's also about creativity and time i think there's so much they can do there and i think you could literally sit around and brainstorm with a bunch of people around the table and come up with some really fun ideas over the course of a day nothing that i'm going to come up with here now in the next two minutes but like there's a lot of really really creative things um that can be done to add value to cards out of nowhere which adds kind of volatility and a bit of liquidity in the market which is good for everyone i think um you know, all of a sudden you're a guy who you never thought would be useful. Oh my God, he's eligible this week. Time to yeah. sell, baby, or use. Um, there's lots of things they can do. I do think the max average scores get a bit boring, but I do see that they think they drive a bit of value and add a bit of value to the shitter cards, which is fair too, which I'm sure it will this week Um, for these underdog things. But like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, what do you think? I think? I think it's a good sign. I think I'm glad that they've they've spiced it up a bit and added in some uniques as as in the prize pool. Um, so so long may that continue. Um, and yeah, I think special weekly should be exciting. Um, and and should be something that people that that creates a bit of market volatility. You know, you're right. I think the market needs that. Um, sometimes you know, and and and. It, you can you can argue for and against it, but some players spiking in value or dropping in value, 
it, it's it's good for the market. Some people win, some people lose, but you want to be on the right side of that. You want to be smart and you want to you want to you want to game it. I think there was another question. I, I can't remember who asked it, but it was related to that with regards to um, releasing the, the the special weekly schedule, sort of 10, mm. 20, 30 weeks in advance. Yeah, I, I I can see the advantages to that for those who are on the platform full time. Um, but I also think the fact that it is announced or, or, or released a week before, or even, you know, four or five weeks like they've done this time, it creates that market volatility. If, if everyone knew what was happening 20, 30 weeks away, I, I can't plan ahead next week, never mind mm. two weeks away. But I'm sure there's going to be those who are going to game the system to make it in their favor so they know in 20 or 30 weeks' time the type of cards that they need to hold, they need to have. So that maybe reduces a bit of that market volatility, which I think is healthy. Yeah, that was Rob Marshall who threw that idea at us of how valuable would Sora having game weeks open 10, 20, 30 game weeks in advance to be able to really plan teams, having special weeklies planned three months in advance rather than a week in advance. And I get there's two sides to it. Being able to plan for it's obviously very exciting. But as you say, like I think there is that volatility that comes from the reaction after the, the drop. But at the same time, I don't know, there's probably a happy medium. Something I'd like to see is to be able to, on so rare, kind of like so rare data's lineup builder, I'd love to be able to even just build like a week or two in advance. Like, yeah. I'm not talking 10 weeks. I mean, give me give us an extra game week or two here so that I can look forward to next weekend during the current weekend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I and start to plan. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. Start to plan accordingly because it does leave you quite a small window. But it's all it's all a sort of balancing game that. Um, I found another question I wanted to ask there. Uh, Nick Taylor, what's your favorite South American league and why? Good one. Yeah. Uh, up the loyals um <laughs> probably argentina i think because there's actually decent pace of football like i uh, my, my dad's actually brazilian um you would you would that's why it, you're so but, handsome but, well he, he was born there he has a passport but that's about it can't really claim much else but um uh, you know so I've, I've always kind of followed south american football and, and and loved it um brazilian football to be honest can be boring as hell sometimes mm. it's slow and the amount of rolling around for injuries and whinging to the ref and stuff and it can be mad you know super entertaining but the the quality of football a lot of the time isn't great so argentina i think has a has a higher level of football i don't know much on on the other south american leagues argentina and brazil mm. would be the ones i would i would sort of know most on um but but you know i think argentina has a has a far better pace of play um and, and is a lot more enjoyable to watch much like I must admit, since so rare in the last year, I've started to watch the Turkish league, and those I don't know if you watch any of the Turkish games. I, I've no. become a bit of I've become a bit of a fan of of Adana Demirspor because they've got Jonas Svensson, Norwegian, and probably the best goalkeeper in the game at the moment, Miric. Um, but uh, a pace of play in Turkey's class, uh, the games I'm yeah. watching anyway, like they're just going at it, hammer and tongs, like. Attack one end, the other end, one end, the other end. It's it's good to see. Yeah, that's what that's what you want. I was surprised because the, the kind of when you talk about Brazil, there, I did a video. I was so rare Brazil actually coming out on the YouTube channel very soon, and the whole perception of Brazilian football is entertaining, fun, flair. Um, when really it's actually quite a low scoring league there's a lot of 1-0 wins and 2-0 wins and 0 draws but I have to say it's my favourite for one reason because Big Man Wesley plays over there now he has a super <laughs> rare and I went for the ultimate stack I picked up a super rare Tyson uh, from Shakhtar who's moved over there so they're in the same team 
Um, I'm hoping once or twice this season they win three nil or something, and and I might get a card. But um, that's I've, why I'd have to pick Brazil. But yeah, I've I've, I've got a Minero stack uh, ready ready to go for April. I can see that the Brazil the Brazil prices are are creeping up. Um, at, you know, up to the start of the season now they've sort of. They were, they were they were sort of left behind there with everyone focusing on the MLS and Argentina and stuff, but uh, Brazil's creeping up now. They're starting, I think it's the 10th of April, so not long to go. You know what? I don't know whether it is me or what, like the video I do or whether it's not. Um, a couple of players went nuclear when I put out a video about the K-League, and I don't know if it was just the exposure of that or if it was the timing that I obviously timed it with the fact the K-League came back, which is probably more likely. But if a Brazilian video coming out soon and I'm wondering like if, if it impacts the market, it's done. I'm an official influencer and I need to start <laughs> buying these cards or getting my mum, sister, dad and dog to buy these cards and flog them after the video because like a couple of players, like I posted the video before I bought them and then I was like, oh, I'd actually like a couple of those players and went look and I was like, for fuck's sake, they're like tripled in price. Seo <laughs> Young Woo has honestly went in the last like two weeks from 0.4 to like 0.96. John, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's you. maybe you're the platform, but maybe it's Ross's expertise, Kaylee. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to claim it all. Advice, you know? you're, just, you're, just the, you're just the platform. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe it's the fact that he said it, not the fact that I had it. Yeah. Anyway, um, and I needed that. I needed to be checked there. Big shout out to him, Kaylee English on Twitter. We did a great video. Um, and same with Solar Japan. Um, some great content there about that, and it really got me excited for Asia. Um, I've only really went so far in limited, but I'm going to build an American team for limited as well now. And I'll probably run like an American team in all-star over the summer. But um, yeah, it's exciting because I, I really was really ignorant and very European focused and had a few players from outside. But I, I don't know. I haven't followed them much, but it's it's re- there's something lovely about waking up the results from Japan or Korea. Or, or watching the game, getting up at 6 a.m. Well, and, and that, watching the yeah. game. Or, yeah. Whenever I was in Barcelona with Hoodwink, um, I thought he was taking the piss. We were out on the Saturday night drinking until, I don't know, we took it easy enough. Mark Aleli was there, actually. Um, we drank until, we took it easy because we were flying the next morning, but we still got home at like half two, you know? And he was like, I have my alarm set for like six to watch Daegu. And I was like, mate, your flight's at like, you know, 10 or something, 12 or something. I was like, you need those few hours in bed. You're fucked. He's like, no, I'm getting up. And he got up and he watched it, had his coffee, sat there that's and watched it. Like, that is so rare. That is so rare. Well, that's, um, that's, that's my problem now because I'm, uh, that's the, the nice the nice thing about European leagues is they're at respectable times for us anyway, based in yeah. Europe. But when you're trying to follow Americas and Asia's, you, you well, you sometimes have to make a call of watching a game at two a.m. or watching a game at six a.m. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's quite quite a quite a quite a mission to plan the schedule the weekend accordingly and do other stuff. Absolutely, I know that's I, I love it though. Like at the weekend, it's like it's it's hard. Like mid, I'm shift work, so there's times where I'm like awful midweek. And I'm sat there staring at the wall. Do you know, and then the weekend comes and I'm working or whatever else. But even still, like in the breaks and work at Sandy, that there'll always probably be a game on. But um, yeah, it's going to be a long summer. If if I don't get Asia and Americas into the into the gallery, like it's going to be a long summer. I was really hoping to win some players um with my rewards, and I won Matt Turner, so I might sell him and try and move that money in over there, and you know, 
start to build out. I'm definitely too late to the party though. Like I've done it arseways, but anyway, uh, uh, the think, second follow-up question. Still got a way to go. Yeah, I think so. It's a it's a month away or so, isn't it? Yeah, six weeks or so. Yeah, six weeks. Um, Nick Taylor, the follow-up question: If you were asked, would you try and defend your "Show Me the Eighth Crown"? Not in its same format. It was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot of work, but uh, okay, yeah, I think so. If if I had the time for it, um, I think depending on the time of year with work and other bits and pieces going on, uh, yeah, would love to. Um, but uh, yeah, I think word of warning, not to put anyone off. It's great crack. But uh, I, I maybe maybe I'd do it a little differently next time. Um, yeah, I think there was so much franticness in the first couple of weeks with it. You know, constantly checking and and getting distracted doing other things and whatever. Um, but I think now now you you have a better idea of of, of you know how it works and, and how you would play it, um, mm. and, and just bide your time on trades rather than just trying to sneak everything in at, at all times of the all times of the day. Yeah. I think if I if it happens again, um, I've obviously I've just got a couple of vlogs coming up and all the other videos. People will see the amount of effort going into the YouTube at the minute. Trying to find the time for that is tough, but I think if I do it again, I would almost do it. I think like one episode per series, and just have someone do it for like a week or two weeks, um, or have a couple of people do it for that time, and just have one every third day of catch up video of X amount of time, or some way of collating it. Um, much much easier but that that's a logistical issue for me that's not an issue for people who watch and um, that's just an explanation as to why maybe even though everyone was very engaged in it i haven't kept it going because it's hard um a i actually got paid to get the last one edited and it cost a load of money and it's the only way to do it but even still it was so hard to get it collated correctly um, yeah. do you know anyway I, I would say if if you do do it again you know the fact that the transfer market was open helped things and, yeah. and you know create created a lot more buzz and i think that's a good time to do it now, it might be a bit of a while to wait until the european transfer markets open in the summer mm. but that might be a good time to do the next uh the next season even that or even something like a world cup you know something just yeah. a bit different to throw a bit in the mix um a robo wants to know as the face of asos at what age were you scouted <laughs> Everyone listening, bear in mind, this is now on YouTube as well. You can listen to it there um, and you can go and see Mike's handsome face. Um, he's getting a lot of praise from the so rare community. Does everyone else in your life make you feel so handsome or is it just us? I think the, 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 loyals, the loyals have rose-tinted glasses on. Um, no, there's, there's, a, there's a bit of banter in the group. I think uh, Two Bob came up with that ASOS quote and everyone's held on to it for a while. Um. So, yeah, just to remind everyone listening, if you're listening on podcasts, please do review it. If you're on Spotify, it takes you literally a second, and there's like over 150 now. You're amazing. If you're on Apple, it takes five seconds longer. Uh, just go and click five stars at the bottom of the podcast page, and I love you forever. And if you're on YouTube, hello, just click like, turn the phone on its side, and leave a wee comment. Um, so, yeah, what else? Are there any other questions that really jumped out at you? Otherwise, I'll pick one. Uh no, go ahead. Uh, Bob Flynn was asking um, about under the radar South American players. Uh, oh, have you got so any? I had a look at that and I, I pulled out a few that I thought I'd, I like. And I hope this isn't me pumping because I do own all of them and I actually picked one up Pump today. So I was like, oh, people, God, he's a bargain. People love this. I might buy one while you're here. Go on, I'm going to buy them unlimited while you talk about them. Who's the one who you picked up today because God, he's a bargain? Matias Suarez at River Plate. I mean, he's 
under the radars, maybe not quite right because he's he was unreal last year until he got injured, um, and has been for a number of years. Um, but I I just feel he played. I think was it yesterday, the day before, or whatever. Um, for the reserves, he played a full ninety minutes and scored. That's the first ninety minutes he's played now. Um, he's played a couple of uh, appearances off the bench in the last couple of weeks. But I just feel with Alvarez going to City in the summer. Alvarez hasn't hit the form yet. I know River only two, three games into the season, but he hasn't hit the form of last season and maybe his head's elsewhere. And I just feel like Suarez is going to get his chance now in the next month. He's not going to be playing next week, that's for sure. But within the next month, and I, I managed to get him for 0.13 today, uh, which I think is is a sound investment for a forward where, quite honestly, you know, in the Americas, I think you're kind of lacking. Well, maybe MLS, mm. you've got a few big ones, but... In, in South America anyway, you're lacking those premium quality forwards. Yeah, well, there we go. I've, I've stuck an old bit in for a limited of not point not one for the community gallery. Who, who are your nice. other hit, picks? Nice. A uh, couple of others at, at, at Minero. Um, Mariano, he's an old defender. He's 34, but he churns out some great scores. And I just think he's very cheap compared to those who are around him. Um, and I think Brazil's going to be a nice little differential um, coming up. As I say, they start... April tenth, um, I think it's the first game of the season. So he uh, he, he turns out some great scores, uh, gets gets plenty of decisives. Uh, he's a he's a right back. You know, normally defenders I prefer centre backs um, for for you know avoiding the possession loss stats, but he he makes up for it with his decisives. Um, so Mariano and Jair uh, or Jair J A I R at at uh, Minero. I think he's a solid solid central midfielder very undervalued as well well there we go and I don't know when basically at the minute I've got a load of videos coming out I could probably check here but I have got a video coming out with Soare Brazil where we have a look at basically loads of players in Brazil um, I can check right now as we record when that's coming out it's scheduled for March this tomorrow it's tomorrow's video what timing? So the video will already be on my YouTube channel when people are here so they can go and compliment their new found love for Brazilian football on my YouTube. What a plug. Didn't Brilliant. even plan that. And you'll um, share that with me beforehand, right? So I can pick up a few words. Absolutely. <laughs> this, is the, this is the true test as to whether or not. But I think um, Sorare Brazil is the one who's definitely influenced in the market, not me. Um, let me see. What would make you sell up from FFWT ball so rare? Um, I don't think there's I think there's a million things that could be a one answer to that like Nikolai's yeah yeah, or like something crazy (laughs) like fucking so rare or caught fucking laundering cocaine or some fucking mad you know what I mean there's a million like crazy bullshit things that are like hype do you know what I mean like really random shit there's a million things that can make you sell up but in reality I think it's just about like I got really lucky and it's something that I almost feel like, you know, it's almost this, this sounds, this is true. It's, it's an element of survivor's guilt around FI um, where I got very lucky. Do you know, I made a podcast about it, probably the, the second biggest podcast in the UK about it. Yeah. And I was bitching and moaning for months. Like, I mean, months. People who listen knew that I was pissed off. I fucking, I whistle blew a call I had with them and how shit they were. And I did this and I said this and I called the IPOs a money gram and I did this and I did that. I was really pissed off. And I got so lucky that I found so rare. And I, 
the FI world, it was such a weird one where, you know, there were so many passionate people, all protective of their money, all getting scared that people would lash out. And also I had to be so careful about when I wanted to stop the podcast. And I kind of got away relatively scot-free. Um, I didn't make much money. I didn't make money off FI. I wasn't an affiliate of FI, but I didn't lose as much as I could have. I was exposed to 10x the amount that I lost. Do you know what I mean? I had over 20 grand in at one stage and I lost a few grand because I'd withdrawn a lot. Um, now, I did tell people I was withdrawn at the time, bits and bobs here, because it was crazy what was going on. But what, the reason I'm saying this is there's a bit of survivor's guilt there. And the only thing I can think about how I managed to get out of it in any way, shape or form, it, was, it wasn't it was one thing that made me sell up. It was months of bad decisions and poor choices and questionable things and deadlines not being met. That pissed me off. And it yep. got to a point where I was like, I don't like where this is going. Do you know, I don't like this. And it's the same as so rare. The progress bar has been kicked down the road. Do you know, it's disappeared. The legend cards aren't coming or there's nothing really coming on them. It could be the summer when someone comes up with a game where your fucking Beckham bar flips a pizza. There's this, there's that. There's a few things there now. There are a couple yep. of things there that I'm kind of like, you know, that's on my mind. It is on my mind. If this Blackpool thing isn't really dealt with accordingly, okay, that's on my mind. The app isn't rolled out. They come out next week and they say the app's delayed till quarter four or early 23. We've had a setback in hiring. Such and such is leaving the company. This is happening. There's a few more red flags going off. I think it's up to all of us, our exposure and our risk tolerances, that it will inevitably hit a point. But it's just about being very real with yourself and having the balls that whenever it does hit that point for you to be able to be like, all right, I'm enough. I've had enough, or I need to reduce my exposure accordingly. Yeah. Um, so that that's my view. I mean, there's no for me. I don't think there's any of these big one overnight things. Hopefully, that'll happen. That just end it for us or make you want to pull out. If that happens, it's probably too late. That's that's what I was going to say. If there is something like that, you know, that the world and his friends going to be trying to sell up, and and you'll be a race to the bottom. Um, but yeah, you know, I I, I I sort of I sort of think you're right. I think. You know, so rare as a as a company right now. We, we we do need to keep them on their toes to a certain extent. Um, and you know, I think there's there's lots in the community that do that really really well. But maybe I'm saying the wrong thing here. At the end of the day, me anyway, and so many others just love it. And like you know, I like I I would hate for so rare to 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 dry up or yeah. me wanting to sell up tomorrow for any specific reason. Do you know what I mean? Like. I think so rare have it pretty good right now where everyone is so engaged and, and just big time. and and they've got away with a lot of stuff uh, you know th- there will be a tipping point there will be a, a a straw that breaks the camel's back um but hopefully that is you know that well hopefully there's not a straw that breaks the camel's back but if they keep going down this route um you know eventually there will be so they, they they do need to fix a few things um but i've every confidence that they will um i just think there needs to be a little bit more visibility um and a little bit more accountability for for the decisions that are made yeah no no i agree um yeah just stay woke stay alive look alive just yeah make <laughs> It is what it is. If, if if something makes you sell up overnight, it's too late. So just we all need to keep our heads screwed on. And don't I promise you, I don't be overexposed. Know. I said every bloody week because I know, yeah. I know when the if if it ever happens, and based on all my exposure to it, I don't think it's going to happen. But if that bottom card falls and the house comes crumbling down, 
I don't want to be stood there as a guy who pumped so rare to every one of his listeners and told them it's the next best thing in the world and didn't give them warnings because I'd be fucking hung out to dry. I need to protect myself as well. And that's why I give the disclaimers every week because when that happens, I want people to fucking know that, you know, yeah. you're, you've your own responsibilities here. Um, and I promise you that as a podcast host, if I ever start to have doubts or I'm really getting pissed off, you'll hear it from me. Yes, I'm an affiliate. Yes, I get paid by so rare through the affiliate and the hard work I put in on YouTube. But like if they start acting a maggot, I'll call them it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway, that got a bit deep. The uh, da, 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 On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you in so rare, says Dr. Mantis Toboggan. And it's important to note that a lot of these questions are quite negative because they come in pre-announcement today. Do you know, not necessarily negative, but like kind of, you know, a yeah. little bit more cautious or like, what do you think of this? or that? Because that's where the sentiment has been because of what's happened. What's transpired. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, and I think my answer is different to what it would have been this time last week before all of this transpired, you know. So on a scale of one to ten, I, I, I'd still give a solid seven, seven or eight. Um, like I say, I believe in the product. I believe in the, 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 the founders and the team that are behind it. I think they need to get their asses in gear and hire. Um, I'm starting to get a wee bit tired of this uh, sort of defending them. That oh, it takes it takes time to hire. It takes time to hire. You you've got a hell of a lot of funding there, and you've got offices in Paris and New York. You can get good people. Um, yeah. Pretty quickly, and you should. If that's if that's your excuse why things aren't happening, then that you know you're you're not in a position to make excuses. Um, just get it done. Um, you know, and there's there's a little bit more ruthlessness there. But I still, like I say, love the product. I'm confident in the future of it. I think Premier League announcements potentially in the next few weeks, whatever way that goes, that's probably gonna. If you know, if you took a, a you know across the board a one to ten on everyone after the Premier League announcement, whether Sorare gets it or whether Sorare doesn't get it, that will influence a lot of people's confidence in the platform. Um, mm. But that's that's to be seen. But I'm I'm still very confident in it. But again, I can't speak for for everyone. Yeah, no, I have to say, if I am at a ten, I was knocked to a nine. And, you know, I think I have been knocked to a nine, not necessarily wholly because of the Blackpool, but again, accumulation of the being very real about the delays that have happened, the silence on certain things. I think they've let a lot of people down big time on legend cards. Mm. Like the silence, like, do you know what it is? The silence just isn't good enough on them anymore. Throw a fucking special weekly. It's not hard. You've put the scoring mechanism in place. Throw a fucking special weekly. You said it would be separate to the normal special weekly. Get a wee coder, stick them in a wee room, pay them some money and make and make it happen it's not fuck it can't be hard i refuse to believe it's hard the oh, cards are there <laughs> the score mechanisms there pay a little man to sit in a cupboard and write the code do you know what yeah. i mean yeah. like it i refuse it it's a fucking like that is actually do you know what people don't rant about that enough the legend debacle is a fucking disgrace at this point people put a lot of money in and were hyped up gave yeah. so rare a load of cash and they've been left out to fucking dry i trust so rare to make it right and I actually think it's a good idea to buy Legends. I'm going to check if Pavel has any right now. Um, but the bottom line is that it isn't good enough. Um, and I'm only there because I kind of believe in them and believe they'll make it right. But they're taking too long to make it right. Pavel yeah. has two Legends. He's not selling that Van Basten by the looks of it. 
Um, but yeah, I've, I've never got a go in the legends. So I steer clear of it's, it. It's a rare. He's got a Cannavaro rare, but I'm not about buying yeah. the rare ones. Maybe the maybe yeah. the limiteds. Um, but yeah, bottom. I, I do you know what I've realised? I say a lot, and it's starting to get my tits, and everyone knows it. I say bottom line all the time. It fries my bap. I shouldn't have pointed out. Now it's going to annoy them, and they're going to stop listening. Um, but the the thing is, is that it wasn't just the Blackpool. It was the accumulation of the realization that the legends hasn't happened. This hasn't happened. That hasn't yeah. happened. I'm still so excited. I'm still all bullish. But it's like maybe I shouldn't be at a ten. Maybe I should be at a nine. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, and they can well, get you, me back you, to you a heartbeat too as well. That's been that's been obviously a big thing as well for a long time, you know, hasn't it? Around the rewards, yeah. so you know, it, it it's an element of of what affects who and who who shoots loudest. Um, yeah. So yeah, if if you pick it apart, there's a million issues. Um, but you know, majority of us who play so rare also have full time jobs, and if you pick apart your own company and your jobs and the problems with your bosses or whatever it is, you could also give a million problems. Um, yeah. So you know, it's so we aren't alone in that. I'm not defending them. They need to get better. Um, but it's up to us to put the pressure on them to do that. Well, Mike, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think we've covered lots of questions there, which is brilliant. Um, we covered the big elephant in the room. We covered scouting season, Russia. Um, you went and show me the eighth. The one thing left is the one thirty-seven game. Now, last week, Quinny actually did pretty well. Um, he got 129.8 points between Teo Hernandez and Vandevert, which is a really solid score. Hendo was unlucky. He had Mbappe play and got 99.2, and Hakimi was a DMP. So I'm going to ask you, what two players would you like to pick for this upcoming game week? 250, the big one. 250, the big one. So uh, first pick is Getson Fernandez. Um, oh, he's been playing well. Score. Got himself in a hundred at the weekend, which was brilliant. Um, he's been unreal. I think his his AA at half time was like I, I don't know what it was. He was seventy eight by half time or something like that. It was unreal. Um it's huge. So I'd like Gedson playing for Riza Sport against Garrison Sport. And I'm gonna take Garrison keeper, Okan Kuchuk. Um so the midfielder up against the keeper. Uh, I fancy Gedson to get a solid 90 plus, 90 to 100. And then Okan Kochuk somewhere, he'll make a couple of saves. So he'll get a, a 40-ish. That's a really solid strategy. And I don't think it's one we've seen seen before. So, so I like it. going to try that. I like it a lot. Well, look, best of luck. Mike, do you want to be found anywhere by anyone listening? Sure. MPen10 on SoRare, MPen10 on Twitter. Um, hit me up. Any questions? Same on Discord as well. MPen10. You'll find it on SoRare. I don't know the numbers, but um, yeah, always open the chat, always open the trade. Um, and uh, yeah. Unreal. Good man. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it and you're on Spotify, please just click five stars. It'll take you literally a second. On Apple, it might take you five seconds, but it's definitely worth it because I will love you forever. Thank you so, so much for listening and I'll chat to you again next week.